to say good evening to everyone and welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the father, the word or son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. Excuse me. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself 
because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. And like everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or sign, a super and corporal being that is having the shape and form of a man but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose 
through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning or there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immediate glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Kenyatta Richmond, followed by scripture, which will be John, the 15th chapter, read by Dr. April Lewis. Dr. Richmond, can you do, dedicate the class in prayer? For a second, she may be trying to come on. Um, we're going to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Diane Atkins. Dr. Atkins. Good evening, class. Good evening. Let us bow our hearts and mind in a moment of prayer to Yahweh. Yahweh, we thank you. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to come and learn of your divine vision and revelation. We thank you first for choosing us. We ask that you keep us, keep our minds. Let us continue to be led by you, guided by you. We ask these things and all things in your precious son's name, Yahshua Messiah, let the class say hallelujah. 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 Good evening, class. This evening's scripture lesson will be John, the 15th chapter, and I'll be reading um, out of the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts. And that is revised by A.B. Traina of the Scripture Research Association, John the 15th chapter. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, 
ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they burn and they are burned, excuse me. If ye abide in me, my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye beareth much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant, servant knoweth not what his master doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love its own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass in fulfillment of the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, 
he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. That was John, the 15th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Atkins, for the prayer and Dr. Lewis for the scripture. We want to once again welcome everyone out to our class tonight. We are very happy that once again, Yahweh allowed you to attend. We hope and pray that something is said that will spark your consciousness to continue in this great and great, beautiful, beautiful gospel. Before we begin, we would like to remind everyone to please keep your microphones on mute unless you're called to speak or read and to also keep your cameras turned off so that they are not a distraction to the speakers. And to begin, this is our Green Chart Thursday day. So today we will be going through um, another section in the pamphlet, and let me show that really quickly. In the pamphlet that was co-authored by the late Dr. LeJune Gill called Science Image of the Creator, the Rising Sun. And that pamphlet looks like this, and we can send the link out again if no one has it, but uh, I know we've sent it in previous classes. So the reason we're going through this pamphlet is Dr. LeJone Gill was a lover of all things science. Um, and that Yahweh has given me that love as well. And this green chart and the body chart are my favorite charts. So um, Yahweh gave me the increase to go through this pamphlet because it is speaking to the the creation which is imaged by the creator or the, yeah, the creator imaged by his creation. So we're gonna go through this today and we are still in chapter five as we were last time and it's dealing with biology by the pattern. And as was stated before, biology is a branch of science that deals with living organisms and their vital processes or their structure and function. So today we are going through chapter five, section B, page 54. And we will go through the topic called stones that are living plants and their meanings. And these are one of the plants and it does look like a stone. It's surrounded by other stones, but it looks like a stone. And so for our reading from that pamphlet, we're gonna have Dr. Dorian Lewis. And for our scriptures, I am asked, volunteers to read when a scripture is called. Dr. Lewis, if you don't mind beginning. One second, I think he's on two different devices. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. Hello? We can hear you. Can you hear okay, me? Sorry. This is section B, page 54, stones that are living plants and their meaning. In South Africa, succulents, having juicy tissues as a cactus, called stone plants or living stones, grow in the desert among the rocks. They not only grow in stone-like shapes, but also have taken on the coloring of stones. So successfully have they blended, in, blended with their surroundings that they frequently elude even the keenest collector's eye. Such anonymity serves them well. In South Africa's dry, rock-strewn landscapes, they would have been browsed into extinction by hungry, 
thirsty animals if they looked edible. Yet this does this does not prevent, excuse me, yet this does not prevent the tough-skinned stone plants from sprouting attention-getting flowers once a year, nosegays for pollinating insects. These stone-like plants are stony only in appearance. They store rainwater in their fleshy tissue, sealing it within their tough skins, and draw upon this supply during drought. One variety, the window plant, can survive underground with only flat, translucent windows above ground to let in the needed light. Both the appearance and water-conserving mechanisms of stone plants, suiting them to harsh desert conditions, dramatically illustrate how, how adaptations evolve to meet the demands of extreme environments. Okay, so pause right there, Dr. Lewis. So what we're talking about are plants that look like rocks. So the first part of that, um, the first part of that paragraph is really talking about the plant here. And what you'll notice is you'll see this plant here, it's closed, it's not split like those are. That is one that just came through. What it does, it splits and it loses its outer skin so that the one underneath can come up but they have taken on an appearance to their surroundings because they're desert plants so that animals or everything else can't eat them. But you notice how thick their leaves are. There's nothing in there but water. So they're storing that water in their leaves, but they're camouflaged to look like rocks. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Lewis. In the scriptures, Yahshua the Messiah is referred to as the rock and a well of living waters, Deuteronomy 32 and 4 and John 4 and 14. Yahweh, in his wisdom, has created, created all things in the universe to tell his story, Psalms 19 and Romans 1, 19 and 20. Yahshua the Messiah is the chief cornerstone, the living stone. We also are likened unto living stones, 1 Peter 2 and 4 through 10. Before we, we received the Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds, we were dead in our sins and our hearts were stony. Yahweh promised through the Holy Spirit to take away our stony hearts and give us a heart of flesh, Ezekiel 36, 26. We are likened unto plants or trees in Yahweh's garden, Romans 6 and 5. There is a heart disease where there is a hardening of the pericardium sac covering the heart. This is typical of a stony heart. The pericardium, which contains a lubricating fluid, symbolizes the Holy Spirit or anointing oil. Each vessel in the tabernacle had a covering also. See Numbers, the fourth chapter. Every vessel in the tabernacle was also anointed. Exodus 30 and 22 through 31. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The law was written on tables of stone. Now it is written in the fleshy tables of the heart. 2 Corinthians 3 and 2. To further point out the fact that we are likened unto trees or plants, we see in anatomy many arbor, excuse me, let me pronounce this out. We see in anatomy many arborizations in the brain, in the nervous system, in the circulatory system, etc. 
Yahweh, in his love for us, has bounteous treasures of knowledge of himself and his plan and purpose of salvation in his creation. Yahweh promised us glory and honor through his son, Yahshua, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. We understand him by the things that are made, Romans 1, 19 and 20. Okay, pause one second, Dr. Lewis. So I'm having him go through that without interrupting, but we're going to go back through um, with different illustrations to depict what's being said here. Okay. Um, Yahweh promised us glory and honor through his son, Yahshua, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. We understand him by the things that are made, Romans 1, 19 and 20. The living stone plants testify of this promise by blooming once a year. This points to our resurrection in glory. We've got a quote here from 1 Peter. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Yahweh by Yahshua the Messiah. That's 1 Peter 2 and 5. We are a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Flowers represent the angels. The high priest under, under the law would make the atonement or reconciliation unto Yahweh for Israel's sins once a year, and Israel would bloom. In this age of grace, the kingdom has come within our hearts and minds. Yahshua has risen within us. Righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We bloom and bear fruit. We spread the gospel and others resurrect into newness of life, another blossom. Let us not be stone, stony-hearted or double-minded about the gospel. We cannot serve two masters. There have been some instances of children being born without hearts and with double hearts. However, they are rare monstrosities, physically speaking, but not spiritually so. Many are spiritually asleep, double-minded, and even half-hearted. A rock or stone is a mass of mineral matter. Our body is made up of chemicals and minerals. Bone spurs are caused by excessive mineral deposits. Some cases of the body turning to stone have also been reported. Each cell in our body is a building block within itself. A cell has the ability to grow and reproduce, the principle that defines life. There are billions of cells that make up the body, each complete within itself. These are likened unto lively stones. A virus lacks the ability to grow and reproduce itself and can only reproduce and grow after entering a cell and becoming part of it. Satan must have a body to manifest in. He has no life of his own. A virus brings with it disease and death. Without cells to support their activities, viruses will remain as inert particles, showing none of the activities that characterize the living state. Viruses are likened unto those satanic spirits that creep into houses, or the cell, little room, and take captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lusts, 2 Timothy 3.6. 
let us strive to become lively stones in Yahweh's temple. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Dr. Lewis. So what we're gonna do, because that was, this is actually one of the shorter portions of this pamphlet. What I'm gonna do um, is have Dr. Lewis go back um, to the beginning and start over. And I want to uh, just bring out some things that as always, Yahweh showed me. And what we always wanna say is, if it weren't for the divine vision and revelation that Yahweh gave to Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the year 1931, this booklet could not have been made. The understanding that Yahweh has given me would not be here. It's all because of that divine vision and revelation that Yahweh gave to Dr. Kinley and that charge he gave to him to teach his people. These schools are a result of that charge and we are a result of this gospel being preached to the world. It's Yahweh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit alone that allows us to know the things that we know and to remain in this gospel. And I am so grateful and am not taking credit for it that Yahweh told me because it's through his mercy and grace that I know anything. Right. So we're going to start over for me, Dr. Lewis, and I'm gonna have you slow down. And once again, I need volunteers to read. I try not to ask people, I just ask for volunteers. So when we get a scripture called, I just need volunteers to pick those scriptures up. So I'm not gonna show uh, the, the portion that he's reading because we just went through that. I just want him to read it and we'll go from there. So if you don't mind, Dr. Lewis. Section B, stones that are living plants and their meaning. Mm -hmm. In South Africa, succulents having juicy tissues as a cactus called stone plants or living stones grow in the desert among the rocks. They not only grow in stone-like shapes, but also have taken on the coloring of stones. Okay, pause. So this is another picture here. And these are called lithops. It's, and they're a succulent that is native of Southern Africa. Most succulents, you know, a lot of people call them, um, uh, oh, cactus. Or, yeah, cactus or um, uh, jades. Those are succulents, plants that Hello. have a lot of water, yes. They don't need a lot of water and they grow, they grow in the desert. So here you have some of these stone plants and they look like the rocks that are surrounding them, but they are actually living plants. Okay, continue, Dr. Lewis. Uh, okay, um, so, excuse me, so successfully have they blended with their, with their surroundings that they frequently elude even the keenest collector's eye. Such anonymity serves them well. In South Africa's dry, rock-strewn landscapes, they would have been browsed into extinction by hungry, thirsty animals if they looked edible. As you would know, if you're in the desert and there's no water and you see a stone plant or a plant and you know it's a plant, you know they would get eaten. So these plants have taken on the ability to appear as stones. Go ahead. And then before you go, it, when um, Yahweh was having me read through this, he showed me um, that how Satan can appear as an angel of light, but he is not. You know, so that's kind of like the same principle. They appear to be one thing when they're actually something else. Yet this does this does not prevent the tough-skinned stone plants from sprouting attention-getting flowers once a year 
nosegays for pollinating insects. So here you have the flowers that these stone plants produce. And it's so pretty. And what that nosegay means is prey. So if they sprout their flowers, now the predators that thought they were rocks know that they're actually plants and they will come eat them, but it still doesn't stop them from sprouting that flower. What's the spiritual significance of that? Once Yahshua has changed your stony heart into one made of flesh, you are now a recipient of the Holy Spirit and people know that. They may not know that that's what it is, but they know there's something about you. But most importantly, the satanic spirit knows it. So this having this flower is almost like having a target on these plants back. So now the predators, which is, uh, which is equivalent to the satanic spirit, can see, oh, there is that son of Yahweh. I know who it is now. Before you couldn't tell, now you can. It's such a pretty principle. Um, that Yahweh is showing us. But as you can see here, this is one of the, this is the plant when it's in this stage and it looks just like a couple of rocks. You would never guess that this flower was gonna be produced from that plant that looks like a stone. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Luke. They store rainwater in their fleshy tissue, mm -hmm. stealing it within their tough skins and draw upon this supply during drought. Now, don't we, once we have the Holy Spirit, don't we draw upon it when we're down, when we're out? That's why Joshua tells us to come to class, to be amongst the brethren. Don't be equally yoked with the satanic spirits in the world because they will suck all that water or quote unquote life right out of you. Mm -hmm. Because we have that water or that Holy Spirit built within us, we can draw on it when we need it, which is why Dr. Kenley said, get all that you can because you're gonna need it or you need it, not going to, or as the speaker said on our Sunday, you be ready. Don't be getting ready, you be ready. And being ready with this, this plant has the water right within itself to produce this beautiful flower. You have the Holy Spirit right within yourself to produce the substance you need to continue on in this crazy world. Continue, Dr. Lewis. One variety, the window plant, can survive underground with only flat, translucent windows above ground to let in the needed light. Well, that is this plant here. These are called window plants. So most of this, because this is in someone's garden, but if this was in the wild, in the desert, the only part you would see are here. And this is the part that is, looks like a window. This part lets in the light for the Holy Spirit. This lets it in. So what is that, what is that equivalent to and from a spiritual standpoint? You, being, as, as you're coming to these classes, as you're studying, as you're listening to the gospel be preached, as Yahweh is, are, is giving you to ask, and then he's giving you the answer when he's giving you the you're letting in that light of understanding so that Yahshua can continue you on in this beautiful gospel. So once again, this was in the desert. You would, the only part you would see is this, going back to the world. The world does not know why they're attracted to us, but they know there's something about us. That satanic spirit knows who we are. 
So these little lights is equivalent to the world not really knowing because they don't see everything else. They just see this little light. They, they, they know it's something about you. It's the way you act. It's the way you carry yourself. It's your disposition. It's something about you, but they don't know what it is. But that satanic spirit always knows the signs. He knows. Okay, continue, Dr. Lewis. Both the appearance and water conser conserving mechanisms of stone plants suiting them to harsher desert conditions dramatically illustrate how adaptations evolve to meet the demands of extreme environments. Okay, so we talked about drought and how stone plant is storing that water because of a drought. Now, it was brought out, and I think we were still in person, where right now we're in a quote-unquote short age. What does that mean when you break it down? A shortage. There is a shortage of the gospel being preached. There's a shortage of baby formula. There's a shortage of this. There's a shortage of that. And so what he just spoke about and what he just read in there was this water, this plant holds this water. So in times of extreme drought or shortage of water, it can draw upon it. What is the spiritual significance of that? The spiritual significance is you get all you can get while it can be gotten because there's gonna come a time where you won't be able to get anymore. As it was said in Exodus, when I'm sorry, yeah, in Exodus, when Yahshua told them, I'm sorry, Yahweh told them, you gather for six days. And on that sixth day, you gather, gather a double portion because you will not be allowed to gather on that seventh day. That seventh day rest. So we don't go out what Yahweh is telling us now, because remember, we're in a probationary period. But he's allowing us to gather more and more and more so you get all that you can because there's going to come a time we don't know maybe where we won't even be able to meet on YouTube. So Yahshua is saying store up this water while you can because there's a severe drought coming. Okay, go ahead and continue, Dr. Lewis. In the scriptures, Yahshua the Messiah is referred to as the rock and a well of living waters. Yahweh, in his wisdom, has created all things in the universe to tell his story. Yahshua the Messiah is the chief cornerstone, the living stone. We also are likened unto living stones. Mm -hmm. Before we, we received the Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds, we were dead in our sins, and our hearts were stony. Thank you. Sorry about that. So I just wanted to show you, if you see the, this is a little bit better picture of the stone plants and how they bloom those beautiful flowers once a year, only once a year. And as you can see here, they're starting to come out and then you see some in full bloom. And these are those window plants. Once again, you can tell this is in someone's pot, but if it was in the environment, the only part you would see is this top translucent part that lets in that sunlight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yahweh promised through the Holy Spirit to take away our stony hearts and give us a heart of flesh. We are likened unto plants or trees in Yahweh's garden. There is a heart disease where there is a hardening of the pericardium sac covering the heart. This is typical of a stony heart. Um, the pericardium which contains a lubricating fluid, symbolizes the Holy Spirit or anointing oil. Mm -hmm. 
Each vessel in the tabernacle had a covering also. Every vessel in the tabernacle was also anointed. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The law was... I'm sorry, I was looking for the slide with the pericardium sack, but continue, Dr. Lewis. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The law was written on tables of stone. Now it is written in the fleshy tables of the heart. To further point out the fact that we are likened unto trees or plants, we see in anatomy many arborizations in the brain, in the nervous tissue, in the circulatory system, etc. Okay, pause right there. So what we're talking about are vines in the human body, and that was our scripture lesson was John, the 15th chapter, and if someone could pick that up for me. So in every place in your body, even in all your organs, you're going to see a representation of vines or those wise. And Yahshua talked about that as well. So here you have neurocytes or brain cells. You see how they branch off and they look like vines. Here you have veins and arteries, your arteries being the red, your veins being the blue, but they look like trees or vines. And then here you have your lungs, which we know if you flip it upside down, it looks like a tree, but right now it looks like an upside down tree. And these branches, your bronchial, this is your bronchial tube and it, it uh, branches off and these get smaller and smaller. And on the end, what I think is very pretty, you have these little, it looks like little grapes and they are very elastic. They're very delicate and they let in and take out air. People that smoke those sacks get hard and they can't take in as much air as someone who's never smoked or whose lungs are pink. And it's called Blebs disease where there's a hardening of those grapes. So as you can see, this would be likened to a tree with fruit on it. So Yahweh is showing, as we said, we are wonderfully and beautifully made because these are showing or represented this scripture, which is John the 15th chapter. Someone can read that for me, please. Yes, John 15 and one. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. And so a husband man, as we know, when you read in the law and the prophets, a husband man is the one that tends the garden. Adam was a husband man. He tended the garden. Noah was a husband man. He tended the garden. So the husband man, what Yahshua was saying is he is the vine, but Yahweh is the one that tends that garden. Continue. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So and every not bearing fruit then what you do, I have a cherry tree outside. There are branches that did not bear fruit this year, so I cut that branch off. It started to die off. You do that because when you do, then the others produce more fruit. But you don't want to be that branch that Yahweh cuts off. So what is the fruit that you need to bear? It's spreading or preaching the gospel of the Holy Spirit. Continue. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. Mm -hmm. That, wow. it may, mm -hmm. that it may bring forth more fruit. It brings forth more fruit. Okay, continue. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Mm -hmm. Abide in me and I in you. Mm -hmm. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. So you can't bear fruit or you can't preach this gospel 
and and then someone else is sparked by it unless Yahshua's in you. I think that is so pretty. Mm -hmm. A cherry tree cannot produce cherries if it's attached to an apple tree. It's going to produce apples. So you can't bear fruit unless the Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit is the one that produces that fruit. Continue, Dr. Nelson. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. We are the branches. What does that mean? We are dependent on him. So when you look at the lung, this would be the vine or the trunk. Here are the vines. And these are, that's what we are. We want to be branches. We don't want to be like that, that Blair's disease where the fruit on this branch is hard and cannot take in air, which represents spirit. We want to remain elastic or, as it was said, have that fleshly heart, not that stony heart because a fleshly heart can be molded. I struggled for years with that scripture. Like, what do you mean you're gonna take the stony heart and give me a heart of flesh? Cause I was equating flesh with carnality. Mm. It was not clicking with me. And then one day Yahweh made it click. I'm like, oh, a heart can be molded. If you take a human heart in your hand, you can squeeze it. You can't do that with a stony heart or a heart that has um, I forgot the name of the heart disease. Dr. Sasha may know where it, your heart literally gets hard and there's nothing you can do with a hard heart. It can't take in air. It can't do anything. You have to have a heart transplant. So what Yahshua wants us to have a fleshly heart or a moldable heart. You are moldable. You bend at the will of the father. You are humble to the father. That's what that means. Continue, Dr. Lewis. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Mm -hmm. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth, bringeth forth much fruit. For mm -hmm. without me, ye can do nothing. I'm sorry, read that over, Dr. Lewis, and I won't. I mean, Dr. Nelson, I won't interrupt. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Mm -hmm. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Mm -hmm. For without me, ye can do nothing. And we've always said that, that without Yahshua, there's no thing that you can do without the Holy Spirit. So he is the vine, we are the branches. That means we get all our substance, our life, our source from that vine, which is attached to the trunk, which is Yahweh. Okay, continue to read Dr. Nelson. I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis. All right. Yahweh, in his love for us, has bounteous treasures of knowledge of himself and his plan and purpose of salvation in his creation. Mm -hmm. Yahweh promised us glory and honor through his son, Yahshua, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. We understand him by the things that are made. The living stone plants testify of this promise by blooming once a year. This points to our resurrection in glory. Uh, we've got a quote from uh, First Peter. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Yahweh by Yahshua the Messiah. First Peter 2 and 5. Boom, once a year. speaks to the resurrection of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, continue, Dr. We are a royal priesthood. First Peter 2 and 9. Flowers represent the angels. Mm -hmm. The high priest under the law would make the atonement or reconciliation unto Yahweh for Israel's sins once a year, yeah. and Israel would bloom. 
In this age of grace, the kingdom has come within our hearts and minds. Yahshua has risen within us. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what these flowers represent, is that, that Yahshua rising within that stony heart, changing that stony heart to a heart of flesh. And this is the uh, product of that, that beautiful flower that you see that you would never think you would if you had one of these in your garden, you would think it was a rock. And then next thing you know, you go outside and you go, it's a flower. Isn't that a rock? No, mm -hmm. it looks like a rock, but it's a plant. But what that represents is that stony heart Yahweh took and made it a heart of flesh. Go ahead. We bloom and bear fruit. We spread the gospel and others resurrect into newness of life. Another blossom. Let us not be stony-hearted or double-minded about the gospel. We cannot serve two masters. There have been some instances of children being born without hearts and with double hearts. However, they are a rare excuse me, they are rare monstrosities, physically speaking, but not spiritually so. Many are spiritually asleep double-minded and even half-hearted so what it's saying is you know we're in the world but we're not of the world don't let the things of this world sway you or get you to the point where it takes precedence over this gospel that's what it's saying don't let it do that because it can because that's that's the satanic spirit's job remember he knows who we are if you're a son he knows exactly who you are there's a scripture, and if um, Dr. Nelson or Dr. Lewis, if you can find it for me, where um, the satanic spirits, the satanic spirit came to Yahshua and said, do you come to take us before our time? Um, it's not that one. It's the one where the, um, the guy tried to, he wanted the power to uh, cast out the satanic spirit, and he tried to do it, and the satanic spirit said, we know who that is. We know that's the son, but who are you? So that just shows you that the satanic spirit knows exactly who Yahshua is. He knows who the sons are. It's not something that you think, oh, I'm going to elude the devil. He knows who you are and he will target you. He knows your weaknesses better than you do. So just, just be careful. Don't let the cares of this world, the, the glitter of this world distract you from the real, from the real gold or the real treasure, which is peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Um, continue. If someone has that, you can put it in the chat if you can find that scripture. I'll try and find it myself, but keep going, Dr. Lewis. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Many are spiritually asleep, double-minded, and even half-hearted. A rock or stone is a mass of mineral matter. Our body is made up of chemicals and minerals, bone spur spurs, are caused by excessive mineral deposits. Mm -hmm. Some cases of the body turning to stone have also been reported. Mm -hmm. Each cell in our body is a building block within itself. Mm -hmm. A cell has the ability to grow and reproduce the principle that defines life. We know that, we know all cells. When you start off, you start off as one cell and that cell divides into two to four to eight to 16 and so on and so forth. So those cells have the power to reproduce. A virus does not. And that's what he's going to read. Continue. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis, if someone could get Acts 19 and 15, thank you, Sasha, because I think it's such, it's such a beautiful story. I just, I'm telling you, I, I love to read books. And when you, if you want action, horror, mystery, suspense, the Bible can't be topped. Mm. Stories in there that have you going, what? So if someone could get um, Acts 19, 15 and pick up the train of thought, if you, if you can, please. All right, let's ask the city. All right. I can right. read it if you need me to. Go ahead. That's Acts 19 and 13. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then certain of the traveling Jews, exorcists, took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of Yahshua the Messiah, saying, We adjure you by Yahshua, whom Saul preacheth. Pause. I just. Because I'm picturing this, right? So here are these here are these Jews are. They they just saw Yahshua exercise a demon out of someone, right? So because they're the big boys, they think they know the scriptures, they know the law and the prophets. So they're gonna try and do what Yahshua did in Yahshua's name, even though they don't believe, right? So there's a scripture that says if you take up serpents, you won't be harmed. That's not speaking from a, a, a physical standpoint, but what that means is when your faith is such that it can't be moved, there is nothing you can't do. That's what that means. So here these ones are, they're not doing it because they have faith in Yahweh. They're doing it so they can try and be, uh, you know, the big boys on the block. And this is what, you know, you're no match for Satan. Just remember that. No match at all for the satanic spirit. So start to for me, Dr. Dr. Lewis. Start that over. Yes, please. 13th verse. Then certain of the traveling Jews, exorcists, mm -hmm. took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of Yahshua the Messiah, saying, Here they are, calling over somebody that has a satanic spirit in them. Okay. Mm -hmm. The story. Go ahead. We adjure you by the name whom Saul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one, Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. Well, this is the chief priest, right? This mm -hmm. big, you know, just, just, just think about this. Just picture in your mind the Pope. You know, mm -hmm. just, let's, let's, let's do it like this. You got the Pope, you got Dr. Kennedy, right? Little short, scrawny looking black man and never even finished the sixth grade. So he didn't even have a sixth grade education because he dropped out from the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. We got these two and they, you know, Dr. Kennedy, as we know, he did miraculous works. Pope sees that, oh, I can do that. And this is the story you have. Keep going, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. And the evil spirit answered and said, Yahshua, I know, and Saul, I know, but who are ye? Okay, pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love this. Okay. So here, once again, like I just said, it's Dr. Kelly. He didn't exercise a demon out of somebody. Here you got the Pope trying it, or let's think of Jameson Jamboree with, with uh, Pharaoh. And so the satanic spirit in that person goes, hold on a second, April. I know Yahshua, I know Paul, but, and I gotta say it like this, cause this is the way I hear, who the hell are you? Uh -huh. <laughs> who are you to think you gonna tell me to get out of this body when you're a demon yourself? Right, because remember, Satan 
the, the house divided against itself cannot stand. Satan ain't going to cast out Satan. So that's why these this satanic spirit is going, well, excuse me, who are you? Mm-hmm. How Joshua is. So what I want you to pick up from that, the negative spirit knows who you are. That's why he comes at you twice as hard as somebody that's locked up in that church. That's why you see those people locked up in that church. Oh, you think they just got it made. They got her, they got the house, they got the kids, they got the man, they got the jewelry, whatever. I even saw a car. It was so funny. I was on the freeway once and the car drove past me, a Mercedes. And all it said on the license plate was, I tied. Why the Zach car that came after it was a little old beat up pickle pickup truck. <laughs> and it said, I'm blessed. I was like, what? So the person in the Mercedes thought they were blessed because they tied. That's what Satan does. Satan brags. The Holy Spirit don't brag. It don't need to. Your treasure is within. It's not without. So here are these demons talking to this this Jewish priest saying, okay, we know who Yahshua is, but who are you? And continue. Let's see what happens. There's a consequence to trying. That's why Dr. Kenley said, you leave black magic and all that other stuff, you leave that alone. You find out it's something to that. You don't want to mess with that. He's actually said that. So go ahead and, and Dr. Walter Danley is a um, witness to that. Because he asked Dr. Kinley about that, and Dr. or he asked someone about that and they told him leave that alone. He didn't and he found out real quick that he needed to leave that stuff alone and he left it alone. So go ahead and continue, Dr. Lewis. Let's find out what happened to this priest. Mm-hmm. I'll start over on the 15th verse. And the evil spirit answered and said, Yahshua, I know, and Saul, I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcome them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. So... Mm. Once again, don't you try and confront that satanic spirit. You leave that to Yashua. That's his job. It's him in us that does that. But that just goes to show you, like I said, my point with that whole thing was the satanic spirit knows exactly who you are. You are a son of the most high Elohim. Your treasure, just like that flower, is hidden in that flower. But it blooms. There is something about you that Holy Spirit resonates. And it's, it resonates and people can feel it. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a wavelength. It's a force that comes off of you and people can feel it and they know it. They just don't know what it is. But don't test that negative spirit. Don't do that. You let Yashua handle him. Okay, Dr. Right. You can continue. Thank you, Dr. April. I just love that story. It's awesome. Go ahead. All right. Uh... Some cases of the body turning to stone have also been reported. Mm -hmm. Each cell in our body is a building block within itself. Mm -hmm. A cell has the ability to grow and reproduce, and reproduce, excuse me, the principle that defines life. Mm -hmm. There are billions of cells that make up the body, each complete within itself. These are likened unto lively stones. A virus lacks the ability to grow and reproduce of itself and can only reproduce and grow after entering a cell and becoming part of it. Mm -hmm. Satan must have a body to manifest in. 
he has no life of his own. A virus brings with it disease and death. Without cells to support their activities, viruses would, re would remain as inert particles, showing none of the activities that characterize the living state. Viruses are likened unto those satanic spirits that creep into houses, cell, little room, and take captive silly, silly women, laden with sin, led away with diverse lusts. To an untrained eye, if you're looking at cells under the microscope, you would not be able to tell that virus. It's that trained eye, that eye, had, that, eye that has been trained to notice the difference that can tell. Once again, we have been trained to spot that satanic spirit. That's our seventh aim, to discern and avoid. But you can't get to the seventh aim until you've gone through one through six. Because in order to spot and avoid this one, you have to know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. Then you know that everything this one does is in opposition to this one. So that's your way of detection. Yahweh told Eve, Satan said, it's okay. Yahweh tells you to turn right, Satan will tell you to turn left. Satan tell you to turn left, you know Yahweh told you to turn right. So that's how we are able to detect this negative spirit is because we are learning and knowing Yahweh. And we know that Yahweh will always have our best interest in heart. The satanic spirit will not continue, Dr. Rose. Let us strive to become lively stones in Yahweh's temple. Yahshua is that lively stone. Continue. That's it for the, this section. Okay. So what I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to here. There's a part in there, Dr. Lewis, where it talks about uh, Yahshua being the chief cornerstone. I think it's, let's see. I'm looking for it now. Here we are. I got it. Uh, Oh, wait, no, no, yeah. And um, if my readers, my two readers that have been volunteering, if you could grab these scriptures for me, I would appreciate it. You found it, Dr. Lewis? Let's see. I'm just, oh, here it is. I got it. Okay. It's on page, at the bottom of page 54, the uh, last, that final paragraph. In the scriptures, Yahshua the Messiah is referred to as the rock and a well of living waters. Mm -hmm. Yahweh, in his wisdom, has created all things in the universe to tell his story. Mm -hmm. Yahshua the Messiah is the chief cornerstone, the living stone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I need, uh, so in, in the research where Yahweh had me to go was looking up that cornerstone. And what I found was that there are actually three types of stone in construction of a uh, building or a tabernacle or whatever. There's a cornerstone, there's a keystone, and there's a capstone. Of course, it had to be three, right? We're going to show you how Yahshua represents all three of those. So if you can get Isaiah 28 and 16, please. I have that. That's Isaiah 28 and 16. Therefore, thus saith Yahweh Elohim, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Okay, so here we're talking about Yahshua being the chief cornerstone. 
And if you see in, in the dictionary, a cornerstone in relationship to architecture is traditionally the first stone laid for a structure with all other stones laid in reference. Sometimes it marks the geographical location by orienting a building in a specific direction. So let's say you're building you know, a house or a temple, you take that first stone and you put it in a direction that you want the temple to face because it's the first stone you're laying that is going to be the orientation of the building. And it says here it's an important quality or feature in which a particular thing it depends or is based. That's the different, de excuse me, the dictionary definition. An important quality or feature on which a particular thing is based, it depends or is based. Yahshua is our base. Yahshua is the one that is the first fruits. He is the one that we build our foundation on. He is that first cornerstone. We come up after him. So that's how he depicts the cornerstone. I'll continue reading. Give me Matthew 21 and 42. It's Matthew 21, 42. Mm -hmm. Yahshua saith unto them, did ye never read in the Psalms the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is Yahweh's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. So here now we have keystone. And the definition of a keystone is it's a central stone at the summit of an arch. So if you're looking at this, this picture here, this is an arch. And this is considered a keystone. And most of the time, what they'll do is put the date that that building was uh, finished or started on that keystone. And it says it the, a central stone at the summit, summit of an arch, excuse me, locking the whole together. Doesn't Yahshua, isn't Yahshua the one that locks us all together? When you think about the ages and dispensations chart, Yahshua came in that fourth age. Why in the fourth age? Because when you look at the tabernacle pattern, you got that seven branch lampstand, you pour oil in the middle and it picks up all the oil, it goes into the branches on both sides. That's equivalent to Yahshua the Messiah coming in, pouring out his Holy Spirit. He's picking up all those that died, came and died before him. He's picking up all those that's coming after him. He is the keystone. He is the summit. Okay, now get me Ephesians 2 and 20 through 22. That's Ephesians uh, 2 and 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Yahshua the Messiah himself being the chief cornerstone mm -hmm. in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in Yahweh mm -hmm. in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of Yahweh through the spirit. Mm -hmm. So now what we just talked about with Yahshua coming in on that fourth age, picking up those from the beginning and those in the end, but remember, Yahweh Elohim said, I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. So Yahshua the Messiah here, he's the chief cornerstone. He's the first thing laid, but he's also the capstone, the last thing laid. So Yahweh is the all and all, and that's all. So a capstone is a stone fixed on the top of something, typically a wall. It's the last stone that's laid. Yahshua the Messiah or Yahweh is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. 
So he picks up everything. And that's why this gospel, this gospel, this gospel is tearing down all the things of the world because it cannot, has not, and will not be found fault. The people, yes, you can find fault all day long with Felicia. I do all the time, trust me. But you cannot find fault with this gospel. Why? Because it's directly from Yahweh himself. It is who Yahweh is. That's what he has given us. That's why I'm so eternally humbled and grateful. These are things that the world will see and say, that's just stupid. That's just silly. What do you mean? He's what do you mean he's all three of those? They'll get, they'll go with the cornerstone. They won't go with the keystone and the capstone. They'll go with, okay, I can see the, the, the creator's name is Yahweh. They ain't going for that Yahshua mess. You're not taking away my sweet Jesus. Yahweh has allowed us to accept all of it. We haven't done it yet. There's still some things he's cutting out of us, which I'm grateful for because we're still here. That's how you know he's still working with you because you're still here. You're still in this flesh. But as he's cutting those things out, you come to realize more and more that he is the all in all and that's all. So I am eternally grateful once again that Yahweh has allowed me to remain in this gospel. He keeps calling me back despite of who I am because I wake up in the morning and sick of myself. I'm just grateful that Yahweh being the father that he is, is not sick of me. So I really do hope that something was said to spark your interest to, to want to allow you to continue in this gospel. And I will open it up for questions or comments before we call on our next speaker. And with that, I'll say hallelujah. Hallelujah. questions comments anything i said wrong please this is a school i am definitely <clears throat> dr hamilton you mentioned something um about the heart and the circulation of the heart and uh i've been reading through that in volume three um uh, if you can just give a little bit more brief detail about that because i've been you know trying to really understand it a little bit better Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find that slide. Um, thank you, Dr. Walker. I had a slide and we went through. I it. think it's around page 72, 73, somewhere in that area. Yeah, but I'm looking for the slide where I went through the pericardial. Um, if you could find that section, Dr. Lewis, uh, the previous um, science days that we did. Um, okay, I don't see it here. So let me share. Let's go here. And what page did you say, Dr. Dr. Walker? It's volume. It's 73, 70. Yeah, volume three, about somewhere around 73, 74. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around 73. Okay. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. I, I had it ready. Give me one second. Yeah, and I'll pull it up on the screen so we can all but it was describing how it takes the impure blood in and you know and then you know runs the pure blood and it runs it through the lungs 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm trying to clarify the question. I'm just having a hard time wording it. Just give us some time to find it. Let's see. Page 74. So let me grab it. Okay, that's page 80. So that means it's up here somewhere. Okay. Appearances of the heart to Elohim, right? Dr. Walker, I think it might be the one, the, is it the allegorical relationship of the brain and the heart? Oh, okay. Let's, let's find out. I think that might be where it is. I'm just scrolling it through real quick here to see. Okay, let's find it. Okay, this one here. Anyone? Yep, is this here, Rhonda? I, I think that may be it. Tell me where to go. Um, response. Here, the heart by life giving blood to all the cells of the body. Is there yes. Okay, I think that's it. Okay, so let's, we're going to read through it first. Dr. April Lewis, can you read? <sighs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Got it? Okay. Let's, let's go here. Go ahead, Dorian. You got it? Oh, yeah. I can, I can read it. Haley's taking Caleb now. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, the heart. By virtue of its pumping life-giving blood to all of the cells of the body is their life. The brain, likewise, provides nervous excitability for the various parts of the brain. For as long as it is functioning, one responds to nervous stimuli, or he is alive, so to speak. Yahweh is, is eternal, excuse me, and he has given eternal life to us through his son. Yahshua, if we will only accept and do his will, which is to believe, on his son, John 6, 29. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Uh, Walker, what it's saying is we know the, the heart gives you that life-giving blood. It gives it to all the cells of the body. That, that blood is the life of our body. Those cells, that blood is the life of the cells. And what it's saying is the brain likewise provides nervous excitability or it gives life to other parts of the brain. And what I'm gonna do is stop right there because we do have a medical doctor on the call. Dr. Sasha, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot because I know you can probably explain this a little better than I can. If you can ex expound on this a little bit for Dr. Walker, if you don't mind. Well, actually, you did put me on the spot, but uh, you're you're explaining just just fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, so you know, it's just like it says in the title here: the allegorical relationship of the brain and the heart. So both of them provides life to their respective organs. Um, the blood gives life to the heart. The brain gets its life from that oxygen that's supplied by the blood to it. Um, I think you may have had another question, Dr. Walker. If not, was that did that answer? Did that help a little bit? 
it did, but it was just a particular spot that I was looking for, and I won't take up much, you know, any more time with it. Um, I'll find it and, you know, maybe reach out to one of the brethren for greater clarification on that. Because I know in one of those pages in volume three where it spoke about how the blood goes up, the, I think, the left side and come down the right side or something like that. In oxygenated blood. Uh, Dr. Hamilton, uh, actually on that same page, if you start reading maybe around the third paragraph, it starts giving you uh, the relationship of the brain and the heart. So maybe that's what she's also talking about. Yes, the heart has four chambers through which circulates a life-giving fluid, the blood. Start up at the uh, paragraph prior to that. Okay. A similar situation pertains in our physical bodies for the heart is allegorical to the brain. There are many points of similarity between the two. The brain can be likened unto Yahweh, the father, for it is the forerunner of the heart. For the head of an embryo develops first. Then comes the rest of the body. Furthermore, the brain is the seat of all authority in the body. All of the faculties meet their culmination in the brain. The heart can be likened unto the sun, Elohim, as we have already shown in the previous chapter. Let us now look at some of the ways that the heart is similar to the brain so that we can understand that Elohim, the son, is the image of Yahweh, the father. Okay, pause right there for me, Dr. Lewis. So this is interesting because we now have this, this, this decision in the world where they've overturned a woman's right to abortion. And their whole argument is that that is a life. But we know that if when you first get pregnant, the first thing that develops is your brain. If you were to, let's not even use the word miscarry. If you were to birth a fetus at that stage where it only has a brain and not a heart, can it live? No. So the argument that you are protecting a life before you can even detect a heartbeat is not valid. How is that related in the spirit? You cannot separate the unity of the spirit. Yahweh, the father is pure spirit. Yahweh, the father came down into an super incorporeal form as Yahweh Elohim. He then condensed himself even more into a physical form that could be touched, Yahshua the Messiah, or that baby as it's born, as fully developed, that is a life. But you can't separate the three and still have life. That's what, this, that's what the Christian world does. It takes them as that Trinity concept, right? That you can have one without the other. You cannot. So this whole argument is false. You can't have a woman get pregnant in two weeks, say she can't, you, you don't want her to have an abortion or terminate that pregnancy because that's a life, it's not yet. 
It's all that's developed is a brain. And that's just pointing to you can't separate the unity of the spirit because that is the life. That is life. It's Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. These three are one. Okay, go ahead and continue, Dr. Lewis. Actually, I, I, I apologize if I um, just may interject. I actually found a paragraph that I was looking for. It's page 78, and it's the second to the last paragraph on that page. And it starts off, the heart is a Passover point for the blood returning to from the tissues. Okay. That's actually what I was looking for. That was the question that I was actually looking for. What's the, the question before we read it? Dr. Walker? Um, I was just looking for a little more in-depth understanding about that, the, how the blood is the Passover and goes and, you know, comes up from one side, goes down to the other side into the lungs. I know you said we have, have a medical doctor, so maybe they can give a little more detail with it, you know, at, you know, any point. It doesn't have to be right now, but that's the paragraph that I was um, speaking upon because mm -hmm. it's so funny about that round trip. And I know the heart is in the most holy place and everything. And um, I was reading on that and, and, you know, looking at how it circulates, you know, through the heart, how it pumps the impure blood and clean it and then, you know, runs it back around. And I know I'm not saying it right. He goes, that, that, well, that's why are I'm you asking. talking about how the blood functions through the body? Through the heart, through the heart and the lungs. Um, like how, how it functions through the body, how it, how, uh, how it yes. uh, purifies. Yes, yes, that, yeah. yes. That's, yeah, that's what she's talking about. It's in there. I don't know exactly where it's at, but she's referring to how the body, how the blood, blood um, functions through the body and how it purifies from one lung through the heart and all that. It's in there, but I don't know exactly where it's at. Can I, it's page 70, the, the paragraph I have is page 78, the second to the last paragraph, where it starts, mm -hmm. the heart is the Passover point for the blood returning from the tissues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, I needed a little more clarity, like how that represents. I, Dr. Walker, let's let Dr. Lewis read it and we'll go from there. Okay, go ahead and read Dr. Lewis. Okay. The heart is the Passover point for the blood returning from the tissues for the impure blood is received <laughs> by the heart and is passed over to the lungs where it is purified. This impure blood is received by the right side of the heart, goes to the lungs and returns to the left side of the heart. So one can see that the blood has passed over from one side of the heart to the mm -hmm. other and is renewed in purity mm -hmm. when this is done. Paul said, Yahshua, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Death reigned from Adam to Moses which means that sin really reigned until the coming of Yahshua for everyone under the Mosaic law sinned, including the high priest. Yahshua came in the world to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He was the lamb of Yahweh 
who was sacrificed for the sins of the world. Just as the Israelites offered up a lamb without spot or blemish at the Passover in Egypt. As the death of the lamb was required before the Israelites could leave Egypt, it also takes the blood of Yahshua the Messiah to cleanse us from all sins so that we might pass out of spiritual bondage or Egypt. Yahshua, our Passover, was spiritually sacrificed in Sodom and Egypt. Just as the lamb of the first year of the Israelites was sacrificed in Egypt. In him, Yahshua, we have all passed over from death unto life in the same fashion that the blood being impure passed over to the other side of the heart by way of the lungs and becomes pure. Now, Dr. Carolyn Russell, I think you were going to, from our open branch, I think you were going to, were you going to try and expound on this for us? I was just going to expound on, uh, well, I'm not sure if expound, but what I hear is uh, how we talk about the blood, and it's right here, uh, the blood going through the heart with the oxygenate, um, I'm sorry, pure blood. And then it goes to the other side and it's latent with this with that carbon dioxide. So it's really just talking about the Passover. It's just really showing the manifestation in our heart. And it's laid out here. It's talking about a Passover right. from, in, from pure blood to impure blood, oxygenated, unoxygenated. That's truly it. That's that's it's not that, you know complicated to me because I see it laid out right here that that's what that's pointing to it's the warmest one things right so we got the heart with this with this process and he's showing us right oxygenated blood on one side the other side is laden with carbon and not carbon dioxide I think it's carbon dioxide so it's a round trip right. and that's all I wanted to say for me that's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Russell. One, one additional thing, uh, the volume three of the textbook, beginning page 39 on the circulatory system and the pattern. And there's a diagram that shows the ascending of the heart or the ventricles and atrium, four-chambered heart It shows the flow and all the veins, arteries, and capsularies. But uh, to get a more perfect understanding, you would need to read those pages from 39 to 44, volume three, gives great detail on exactly what was read. Uh, can, I, uh, uh, can I try to explain uh, really quickly? Uh, but I need to share the screen if I may. So I think it will show a similar diagram that in a textbook and it will probably uh, simplify our understanding. Is it possible to share the screen? Thank you. Oh, not yet, I cannot share it yet. 
what won't allow me to share the screen. Yeah, let, I just switched it. Let me know if you can do it now. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, let me see if you, uh, uh, let me know if you see the PowerPoint slide. You see the slide? Yes, sir. So this is a circulatory system. And basically uh, it consists of two parts. One it's uh, two circles. One is called pulmonary circle. So it goes from the heart to the lungs. And another one, it says uh, systemic uh, circle. It goes from the heart to all uh, organs of the body. So what happens as you can see here. So uh, from the heart, the deoxygenated blood sent to the lungs when it picks up oxygen, which is a type of the spirit as we know. And this oxygenated blood is sent to the heart. Then this heart is pumping oxygenated blood through the organs to give them oxygen, or uh, which is a type of the spirit. And then the blood is returning from the organs back to the heart with a CO2 or deoxygenated, and it goes back into the lungs to pick up oxygen and so forth. So that's how the process works. So is it, uh, does it help? Yes. Okay, great. Yes, it does. Thank you, Dr. Sasha. Mm -hmm. Illustration, you know you could have kept going, right? Um, <laughs> let me chill. Got to speak up a little bit, Felicia. Okay, I'm sorry. I said, you know, you could have kept going, right, Dr. Sasha? But um, Dr. Walker, did that help at all? I hope it did. Oh, absolutely it did. Absolutely it did. I'm just trying to understand what I'm reading. Yeah, I know. Yep. This is a school. This is the place to ask. So we appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for that participation. That's, that's what we look forward to is participation from, from the members of the class. And for our next speaker, we're happy to have, if she's able, Dr. Carolyn Russell from our Oakland, California branch. Okay. Thank you. I am on a back. I'm on a better device today, so I'm hoping that this uh, won't be a problem. It, it definitely is always a surprise to be called, uh, but, you know, we have been told and taught that we need to be ready. And one of the things I would just add is, um, you know, I've always had an interest in the physical body because it definitely points to, um, let me just give Romans 119 and 20. That's Romans 1 and 19. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to stop you. I'm, you know, I apologize. But so the physical body um, is one of the... <clears throat> one of the key uh, witnesses in addition to the creation that the creator has given us to understand something about him. And so he is spirit, pure spirit, and we can't understand anything about him in that state. So he has to <clears throat> read, read, 
because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. And he has shown us, he shown us we have a physical body, we have a thing about our physical body or the creation. And, you know, we can choose those, some go to medical school, they become doctors and medical professionals, but most of us don't. You know, many of us in the school are not, um, you know, doctors, right? Um, yet we have this physical body that points to our creator. And we use that physical body to understand something about him. Mm -hmm. It's not about learning so that we can, you know, uh, become medical experts. That's definitely not my intent. Uh, it's not something I, you know, would strive to go to school for. Um, that just wasn't my path. But he has given us this, this tabernacle pattern and shown us how the physical body goes according to this tabernacle, which is uh, Elohim. Mm -hmm. um, so that is what I want to say. It's not that we're going to learn everything, all the medical uh, terms and understanding of how this physical body operates, right? It's, it's just not going to be that. It's to take these manifestations, these physical things that we can see, because we operate on and by principles. We don't operate by manifestations. So with that said, we take these physical things to understand that which is spiritual. And so uh, we take the, we were talking about the heart. And for me, uh, understanding that operation of how you have the oxygenated and the deoxygenated um, or the blood that's laden with carbon dioxide is to show that round trip and it's to show that Passover. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's not for me to try to really learn uh, the whole operation of the heart. I'm just only looking for those, my creator, by this process right. of the blood. So read, finish, I'm sorry. Romans. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. And so basically we have been, you know, absent in terms of our knowledge of our physical bodies and of the creation, but coming into this teaching, uh, it was never, you know, Dr. Kinley's intent that we become medical professionals looking at these things and see how they point to our creator. And so the physical body is, you know, one of the most fascinating, um, you know, things that the creator created is this body for us to have a better understanding of him. And so what I look at for me, um, it's always just looking for the principles because, you know, the manifestation changes, but the principle remains the same. 
Um, I don't really know where I'm going to go with this. Um, it's, as I said, it's, it's such a surprise sometimes to be called, but you should always be ready. But I thought I would just kind of add that because that was just something on my mind as we were hearing and discussing um, the heart. Um, so I'll just kind of go with the tabernacle pattern because that is what Yahweh has given us. Um, and we were discussing recently um, the, the circle. system and the blood with me in terms of, um, you know, even the pandemic, everything that happens, there is there are principles that he's trying to get us to understand something about him. And so when we look at the blood, we know that the blood is basically, um, I would say three, three parts. Um, it's a, this is really fascinating for me because the Romans 1, 19 and 20 became very real for me um, because I used to work, I used to be a lab assistant. I used to do phlebotomy. And one of my job, my job, my it was my primary job was to separate the blood. Now I wasn't in class, had no idea every day. All I did every day was separate blood, separate the plasma from the serum and the serum from the whole blood. And so when you draw blood from someone, it will order certain tests. And so you have plasma, see, which points to Yahweh, you have serum, and then you have whole blood. And if you let whole blood coagulate, it's gonna, turn to something I would say that you could it's like texture you can it's like rubber that's whole blood so if a doctor ordered a test for plasma I separate the centrifuge I didn't do it but the machine did it and so it would separate the plasma from the serum depending on what the doctor ordered. Sometimes he ordered whole blood, so I didn't have to do anything. But if he ordered plasma, then I had to separate the plasma from the serum. And so when you look at what Dr. Kelly had written in the archetype, and I started looking at how when COVID happened, and it wasn't just COVID, but it became talked about a lot. Whereas people, who uh, needed plasma. You don't hear people needing serum and you don't need, um, you, you don't hear people wanting serum or needing serum. It's the plasma, right? There are people, uh, we've had the Ebola virus and some other viruses. And there was, there were individuals that had plasma that they would use to help uh, who had COVID. And once they got over COVID, they continued to go and get plasma. And so when you look at the breakdown, see, you look at the point into Yahweh, serum is pointing to Elohim, that's the liquid, it's a liquid, well, it's all liquid. And then uh, whole blood, if it coagulates, it's gonna turn to, uh, flesh, and I'll say flesh because you can actually uh, feel it. So that's pointing to Yahshua, showing those three 
those three parts, right? Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. And so that was really fascinating to me because I did that every day for years and had no idea that it was pointing to Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. And it's a beautiful thing when you read the breakdown around blood and about the plasma and the serum and the whole blood. You don't hear people saying, I, I'm going to go get serum. They're talking about plasma. Plasma is like, it's like it, it gives, um, what's the word, you know, kind of a kick to the blood. Um, and so I was looking at that and how Yahweh used that. After I came into this teaching, I began to study the circulatory and I began to study the blood and all of us, no matter what type of job we do, Yahweh is going to show us something about him through that, through that job. Whatever occupation you got, you're going to be able to see Yahweh manifesting something physical to point to him. And so for me, that was just really fascinating because I would hear people talk about plasma and I would hear people talk about the need for plasma. So I never really understood it, but then coming into this teaching and getting a spiritual understanding of what does this point to? And so it truly points to Yahweh Elohim. Um, Yahweh is pure spirit. And in that state, we can't in understand anything about him. He's inscrutable. He's the source, substance, the limits, and the bounds. But he, because of his love for his creatures and his desire that we know him, came down and condescended as Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, so that we could learn something about him. And so the physical body takes that same trek. Right, because when those genes and chromosomes come together in the in the body, and then they begin to um, the, that transmutation takes place, and you have it's a beautiful thing to see how the cells, you know, become tissue, and then the becomes organs and then the organs become muscles and then the muscles become or make up those um you got those nine systems which makes up you so Yahweh is showing us from a natural standpoint how going back to a cell to an organ to the body and how we are made up and those nine systems right all point to Yahweh in terms of those nine um major attributes and so we see how Yahweh used the physical body to show us, right? The cell is the smallest basic constituent of the physical body and it's threefold. The atom is the smallest basic constituent of the universe, of the creation, and it's threefold. So everything is going according to the pattern. John, uh, could you pick up John 1, uh, 1 John, Three and but there are three of but, but there are three uh, um agree in one. First John five and seven. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
That's 1 John 5 and 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. So we see how we are born by these witnesses and we die by these witnesses. We, when we are born, there has to be a sure blood. The water bag has got the burst and that first breath is spirit. When we die, they take drain the blood, see, um, and the water. And that last breath is spirit. So we are born by those witnesses and we die by those witnesses. Mm -hmm. And everything in between points to Yahweh. Everything is threefold. Whether we understand it or not, it is threefold. It doesn't matter if it's a piece of furniture. See, it's, it's made from an atom. So you got to have that threefold nature. So he's given us these witnesses to point to him. And then we use these witnesses to prove, not that Yahweh need us to prove him, he can prove himself, but he has given us these witnesses, these undeniable witnesses in the creation, in the physical body to do what? To point to him. Everything is three, threefold, right? In the physical body, you got a middle ear, inner ear and an outer ear. You know, you got three layers of skin everything well you have more layers of skin but there are three primary endodermal ectodermal and outer dermal so i'm looking at how you can deny a lot of things but you can't deny the physical body and you can't deny the creation and we may not understand how to explain the physical body from a medical standpoint, but that's never my point. I'm never trying to say to anyone that I'm a medical expert to explain the body. Because see, once you start talking about this body to people, they become they be it's it's like an awe. They can't they can't see how you know these things. And then they start looking at it from a natural standpoint, but you're we're only dealing with principles. We're not trying to you know, educate you on the physical body. It's just not our job. We're trying to show the principles that are laid down in the physical body that points to Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. And so that's what he has given us, right? These undeniable witnesses that proves his existence. And so no one can take that away from us. Um, we have those witnesses. And those witnesses are basically what we use to show us the, that this, this teaching is uh, undeniable. Um, it's an undeniable truth. So I just wanted to share um, a few things. I didn't know I was gonna be called. Um, I'm still kind of in transit trying to get home, <laughs> but I, I didn't wanna not say anything. I, Just wanted to always be able to say, you know, I'm ready or not, right? I wasn't in a place where I'm like really ready, but I always want to be able to say something when I'm called because we are so honored to know the things that we know and understand. 
and the creation and the physical body and the things that Yahweh has given us that point to him. It is about, it's not about anything else. It's all about those principles and how they point to the creator. Some of us, you know, we got a medical doctor on here. We got a few other medical doctors in the school, but at the same time, it's really about the principles that point to our creator and his threefold nature and how we are made in his likeness and his image. Um, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, those nine systems and physical body. Mm -hmm. We see how those nine systems, we've got nine systems in the body. So we see, if you could pick, uh, pull up the um, migratory chart, please, with the uh, nine attributes. Okay, so uh, we've got wisdom, intelligence, and knowledge, right? So Yahweh has shown us how that points to, you know, the nervous system, as it was talking about in the discourse that we were reading about the brain being, you know, the highest, the brain or the nervous system is the highest system of the physical body. The nervous system, you know, um, along with the reproductive system, see, um, and the endocrine system. I say endocrine, it may be pronounced differently, but endocrine system. So those three, right? Showing how Yahweh uses that nervous system, reproductive system, endocrine system. No one has the ability, knowledge and wisdom to create the same copy. How many people in the world, 7 billion? The same copy, 7 billion people with a head cavity, chest cavity, and an abdominal cavity. No one has the knowledge to reproduce the way the creator does. No one can. And then the endocrine system, it just provides everything that that, I'll say new copy, but I'm just talking about a baby, a new copy, a baby needs. What I mean by that is I've known women who were pregnant and did not go to any Planned Parenthood. They didn't go to any, they didn't get any type of, you know, any help. They, they just didn't take care of themselves. Somehow they came out with a bouncing baby girl or a bouncing baby boy. That was just intact. Why? Because Yahweh has a built-in system to supply everything that that new copy needs. I say new copy, I'm talking about a child, a baby, that fetus, everything that that fetus needs. Yahweh don't need anything from us. So it's, yeah, we say, well, take care of yourself. You're pregnant, take care of yourself. Okay, now I'm not saying if you don't take care of yourself and get the type of medical support you should be getting, that everything is gonna be fine. But Yahweh always is gonna show us, I don't need you to do anything. I am going to supply everything that that new copy needs to survive. So we look at that, right? And we see how those attributes of wisdom and intelligence and knowledge, right? Correlate to that nervous system, reproductive system. Endocrine system. And then you've got 
can we go back to um, the attributes? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, beauty, love, and justice. And so we see Yahweh manifesting his beauty in the earth plane, right? And in our physical bodies, we have the respiratory system, the circulatory system, and the excretory system. And that respiratory system, see, the beauty of Yahweh, see, the circulatory system showing forth that love, right? He sent his only begotten son to die for all, for all. It didn't matter who sinners, non-sinners to die for all. That's the love of Yahweh. Then he manifested it with his son. When he sent his son into this creation to die on a cross and then to show forgiveness while he was on that cross, that's showing us what love truly is, to be able to forgive, right? I'm talking about the love of Yahweh and how it manifested in a physical body through his son. And we have the beauty of Yahweh, the respiratory system, the, the, the oxygen goes to all cells. The cancerous cells, the good cells, there's no discrimination. That's Yahweh showing us how he sent his son into this world, discriminating against none. And that is manifested by our oxygen that is poured out through all of our body. It, is, it doesn't discriminate. Cancerous cells, good cells, bad cells, every cell, organ, tissue is, is, is supported by that oxygen. And the excretory system pointed to that justice because the excretory system, you look at the kidneys and you've got that division that's taking place, just like the heart. You got it manifested with the heart. You also have it manifested with the kidneys because the heart has that blood that goes that round trip. You got oxygenated blood on one side or pure blood and impure on the other side. There's always a division going on. That's what that excretory system, there's a division going on. Yahweh is justice. And he said he is dividing the sheep from the goat. We've seen it manifested in this teaching. We all, as we say in Oakland, we all went through boot camp together, but now there's a separation. And not just Oakland, all over in the whole Institute, there's a separation going on. Yahweh is dividing the sheep from the goat. He's justice. And for me, justice was when he made me know and understand that this founder of this, and he would make me know something about him because I'm walking around all my life and I don't know nothing about God. You want me to know about you? You're gonna have to show me, you're gonna have to tell me because I didn't believe that the God was justice. You're gonna put me here and not show me anything about you? No, that's not what he does. It, Romans 119 or 20 says that there would be no excuse. In other words, he's going to make sure that we all know. Now, some people may not call uh, on Yahweh. They just call on higher power because they just don't know. But they recognize. Mm -hmm.
that there's something better than them. Or my point of it is that excretory system is representing that division that's manifested in the physical body. And we see it with the heart, with the blood. We see it with the kidneys, right? We know the kidneys is, is designed to separate, right? And make sure that, um, you know, that the, the blood is cleansed. So there's a separation going on. There is a separation going on in reality. And so you come on down to those um, uh, three attributes of power. Um, foundation. Sorry, power, yeah, foundation, power, and strength. And so we have our digestive system, our muscular system, and our skeletal system. And the digestive system, right? We eat our food, it goes down, and there's a process that happens, right? There's a process that happens. And we explain it when we talk about how the food goes down and there's a burning um, that correlates to that ultra offensive because there's always a burning uh, going on in your own physical body. But that digestive system correlating to that foundation because your food is going to separate and go to the various parts that it needs to go to. The amino acids, the carbs, all of those different nutrients, see, is what build us and make us who we are. And so then you have your found, um, foundation, power, and strength. You have your muscular system and you have your skeletal system. And we know you can, you know, we've got people who exercise and build muscle and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not the power that we're talking about. We're not talking about power from a natural standpoint. We're talking about the power of the father. We're talking about the power that's been manifested. And we see the skeletal system because we know that in our physical bodies, we have um, the bones and they represent the soul and that represents a permanency. And the skeletal system is what gives us our uprightness, right? Which is Yahshua, because we don't have any, any righteousness of our own. See, it all comes through Yahshua. And so we see how these attributes are manifested in our physical body, but they're called something else, right? Yah, it's all Yahweh. Yahweh calls himself the nervous system. He calls himself the, the uh, digestive system. He calls himself all those things, but it's manifesting who he is. These are physical things that he's given us to learn and understand about. So these attributes give us some understanding because we now we now know how the physical body is made up but it's not about learning the physical body oh, yeah. hallelujah thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> hallelujah thank you dr russell that was that was a good summary of of that that question from dr walker we do appreciate the questions because once again this uh, we do want to thank everyone once again for coming out to visit with us. Dr. Russell, we appreciate you coming. Maud, we see you. Dr. Sasha, we appreciate all the brethren that's coming in from around the world and from around the, these United States. 
We want to once again remind the class that we do hold our Zoom classes here every Sunday from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. When we have classes in person, they're on Sundays from 11 till we will announce when our next in-person class will be. May we all stand in our hearts and minds to give a moment of prayer reverence to Yahweh through the doxology. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present your soul faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, along glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and forever, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.